Exalted ones. Allow me to introduce myself. Uh, I'm your co-host, Mark Ianuselli, LinkedIn shaman and sports enthusiast. And I'm your other co-host, Amalia Wamba, um, experienced climber and free solo skeptic. Um, well, welcome to our... Oh, Amalia, why don't you give us a welcome? Oh, yes, yes. Why don't I, why don't I do that? Um, Welcome to our first episode of the summer season. I'm sorry for the delay. It's been busy. We both have internships and, and lives, unfortunately. Yeah, I've been um, raising a family by myself. Um, like, my wife left me, three kids. Uh, it's, it's tough to fit into the schedule. Yeah, Southwest really did to them. Yeah. Um, they might not be in UMass, but UMass is certainly in us, in every sense of the word. I've been bringing valuable insights of the sports industry to your beautiful minds, because that is what we do. Um, so, I mean, we should start by talking about internships because we were lucky enough to get them. Um, why don't, what are you doing this summer, Amalia, other than um, climbing? Yes, um, my whole personality trait is climbing, but uh, yeah, well, this summer I got another, guess what, climbing related internship because I don't, um, have any other sports yet that I felt really compelled me to like work with them on a on a personal level? So I got a climbing. I'm a research and media intern at the Climbing Business Journal, which is the magazine that basically just like alerts. It's kind of the only magazine of its kind that um really like it alerts people of all the business insights in the climbing community, which is huge. It's a really booming industry right now, and what I'm doing is just um kind of creating this like stock photo gallery because I love photography. So I'm going to different gyms and I'm taking countless pictures of um, route setting, which is when they like put the holds on the wall. And those pictures are then used in articles by the magazine, uh, which is super cool. And I love traveling. Um, it's always different places. And then I'm also doing data entry work, which just involves me kind of building a national climbing map database. So like I'm taking each, like every gym in the United States and writing down like their day passes, their membership prices. And then at the end of the summer, I'm gonna try and compile it all into some kind of like statistic or something that can be helpful for um, just general knowledge. So it's been really cool. And uh, I really, really enjoy it and I didn't I wouldn't have gotten it if I didn't reach out so because they didn't take it don't feel if you're looking for an internship and you feel like it's oh it's too niche of a company like oh they won't accept me whatever this company has never accepted interns before and I just like reached out to them like oh no one's ever asked like why not so now like I'm their first intern which is so cool and so I, I kind of urge everyone who is hesitant like just sent nowadays like you just send an email like you don't have to talk to them it just makes it so much less anxiety inducing just saying an email instead of going up to them and like hey because you can't because they're in Colorado and you're in UMass so it's like just do it well um, I yeah. think it's, it's really cool that it, it actually like merges your other major in, in journalism and yeah management that is something really cool and hard to find thanks that just kind of happened I don't know um but yeah, anyway, reach out. Marco, what is your internship? You have, he has two internships. He's a full-time dad. Um, uh, wait, another thing. Uh, what's really cool about it is that you didn't get to, to find exactly like a niche place where you you like connect your passion, which is photography, one of them. And so follow Impartial Blindness on Instagram if you want to see more content like that. Yeah, if you guys want to see... Um, yeah I, one of my big um photo niche interests is roadkill not like not like explicit just you know with one of their sleeping 
Um, I just like taking kind of cryptic photographs. So if you are interested in that, um, go to my Insta at Impartial Blindness. Also in my main Insta, I'm a Wonks. So check it out. Oh, but, but you, know, you know what's also really cool? Amalia's kind of like Nightcrawler from that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. She... Um, she goes. She runs over animals, and then she goes sticks the camera out, and she's like, "Oh my god, look at this!" What I actually, I actually called Dan the other day. Dan from Sport Management. Maybe you guys know him. Um, because I accidentally ran over a bird. <laughs> I, I I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, when the bird it usually goes and then flies away, it did not fly away. I ran over it. I saw it like writhing in pain behind me. I parked, like picked it up in my hands, like pet it until it died I was sobbing I felt so bad I was gonna like I I was like too ashamed to even take a picture of it because everyone makes fun of me they're like oh do you kill the animals before you take a picture they're like no but this time I did by accident and I like couldn't even take a picture I was so upset at myself I think you did something that uh you shouldn't have done you you waited for it to suffer more you what you got to do is like you run over it and you reverse and you like... oh I mean it died it died very quickly in my hands Oh, that's that's such a heartwarming. Uh, oh, wow. Um, but you know, it's it's funny that you actually like manifested that we manifested that as your like bullies in terms of like telling you, oh, you probably kill the animals, and then we manifested it. I know it was so bad for me. Oh, wow, where's the picture? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's blurred. <laughs> wow i was petting it i was like i don't know what to do everyone's gotta do that once you know well not not me the other day i was driving and then there was a turtle and instead of running over the turtle i just stopped my car and waited for the turtle to cross yeah obviously and i'm like i chose to run over the bird it flew right from my car understandable glad that you didn't commit just like you know, intentional roadkill. Turtle slaughter. Yeah, turtle slaughter. Really proud of you for that step in your your morals. <laughs> but for my internship, um, one of them is with Navigate Sport Management. Navigate Research. They do re- data analytics consulting and sport management. It's a company that's completely remote after the pandemic, but it's really cool how they maintain like that whole community vibe in terms of constant communication a lot of inside jokes between co-workers you can see there are real bonds there and they're really great at like bringing in interns and then many of the people that actually work there were former interns and that's something that I'm really happy to be kind of put in the door in terms of like I'm an intern right now and it's a company that I could essentially like see myself working there and that's something that's always great when you're an intern and uh, then I'm doing Sponsor United. Um, I'm not going to do the whole internship uh, because of time. Maybe it's like I'm working on the other internship and don't have time for it. It's really time consuming, but I'm going through the whole training in the platform, which is going to be useful um, for any other internship or job because a lot of companies that use Sponsor United, which is a, like um, a data company that gives you marketing information so it's great um but yeah my advice for people who are looking for internships um find a mentor um, professor muscle was really helpful in helping me get an internship and she guides everyone through the process at umass so if you're at umass definitely connect with professor Mus. she's an amazing person to know in, in the industry and she's really really nice she she's gonna help you in every way that she can and um, then, you know, semester as a whole, it was a great semester for, for me and for Amalia probably, although she was absent from UMass for a large part. I do, I do use my time very freely. I will say that, but I ended with good grades somehow after it all. Well, she's a content creator, so she does have to travel a lot. Oh yeah, guys, follow me on Instagram, uh, YouTube. Molly Wampa. Quality yeah. content. Binge it. <laughs> start start from the very beginning, a couple of years ago. Like five. Couple of years. My first video in 2013. 
You should definitely check it out. It's called Seal Kisses. It's me. It's from England with Seal. In the Bahamas, 2013. So check that out. Definitely the best video on my channel. Um, yeah. I th I think the best videos are the ones that I'm in. But yeah, Marco's actually in a lot of videos. Of mine. Well. No, I'm not in a lot. I'm I'm supposed to be in more. If yeah, it was yeah. like proportionate to the impact I have in lives, I should probably be like a protagonist on my channel. But uh very well he's in like one and a half videos so if you want more marco content go to my youtube channel and go to anything that says umass and he's probably featured in and it. comment on the videos we want more marco sure yeah start a movement um but now let's get down to the recap since this whole season has ended for most leagues including the nba all the european soccer leagues um we're going into summer where you know a lot not a lot is going to happen in terms of sports and News, but we wanted to take this episode, no guest, it's going to be Amalia and me, we're going to discuss um, the latest news in sports, and then we're going to talk about um, the 10 most inspiring moments in sport history for us, um, and that's based on, um, well, that's inspired by Ted Lasso, which is mm -hmm. the most inspiring show I've ever watched, I love Ted Lasso, and after that, I'm like, you know what? Let's give people more inspiration since it's been like a week or two without Ted Lasso episodes. But um, watching so long. Now that we have announced the next phase, which is going to be um, the recap, let's get started. So, congratulations, Manchester City! Uh, they lifted the Premier League title, um, and they perfectly complemented it by winning. Good old big years, the Champions League. Um, that's their ninth total Premier League title, fifth in the last six seasons. So Pep Guardiola has done what he does, create a dominant team, a dominant tactic system. And it's a testament to both uh, their squad building, their business strategy, and the genius of Pep Guardiola in terms of tactics. He changed tactics mid-season. And it completely changed the outcome of the matches. Past six months have been almost all wins. And they beat Arsenal by five points. Arsenal finished second. Man United third. Newcastle fourth. And um, all of these have qualified for the Champions League. Um, Liverpool, Brighton are going to the Europa League. And uh, Unai Emery's Aston Villa qualified for the European Conference League um, qualifiers. Uh, Leicester City, Leeds United. And Southampton got relegated to the championship, so second division, which is sad for Leicester given that they had won the Premier League in 2016. Hmm. Well, um, I'm also wearing this shirt. I don't know if that's any of the teams that we discussed, right? Yeah, We're going to discuss it later. Germany, U17. I, I spoke too early. In Spain, I'm actually going to Spain in like two days. Um, I won't be looking out for sports, but I'll keep that in mind. You look, you look like you want to say something. What? No, I mean, you're, you're going to go to Spain, but Spain is going to be in Spain without the S because of your presence. Oh, pain. Uh, it will be in pain. In pain when I can't see all these amazing sport uh, revelations from my eyes. <laughs> anyway, in Spain... Barcelona claimed their 27th La Liga title, and their eternal rivals Real Madrid finished as runners-up. Real Madrid has also been at the center of the news cycle as their legendary striker Karim Benzema announced his departure to the Saudi Pro League. Hmm, there's a lot of Saudi uh, yeah. see lately. Like, let, yeah, let's... and let, let me jump in a little bit. You know what Benzema and I have in common? We have each won a Ballon d'Or. Yep. Where did you get that? Where did I get it? Shout out to Grace Coder for oh, yeah. awarding me a Ballon d'Or. Um, <laughs> it's a very reliable source of award. But um, yeah, Karen Benzema joining the Saudi Pro League. He's going to join his buddy Ronaldo in Saudi Arabia in the same league, different teams. And at first, it seemed like Lionel Messi was going to join Saudi the Saudi Arabian League too, Club Al Hilal. Proposed one point three million dollars over two a billion dollars over two years, but it's not going to happen now that Messi decided to come somewhere else, very near to my house. 
Uh, he's going to Inter Miami. No way. Yep. I'll go to Miami. Uh, now in the Bundesliga, the title race culminated in Bayern Munich beating Dortmund to the title. Final day. I was watching it. I was wearing the same shirt. I was very emotional. I was very emotional. Um, in the last minute of Bayern's game, Jamal Musiala scored by, uh, a goal, amazing goal, wonder goal. The kids just 20, and then he just scores this goal in the highest pressure moment. Um, wow. And if he hadn't scored that, Dorman would have won the league. But Bayern won it by a goal difference. That's their 11th Meisterschale in a row. Dortmund bottled it. Uh, there's people that were born after 2013 or on tw in 2013 that have never seen a different German champion than Bayern Munich. And that is so beautiful I've from a very biased perspective. You have a brainwash, man. <laughs> well, League One. League One. Oh, oh. It's in French. League. Yes. Uh, League on Paris Saint Germain. Uh, Mercredi. Bien. <laughs> to their 11th league un <laughs> i'm trying to think of any like french words that could be croissant yes pedal by one point or do you want me to say un point rc yeah. finished as runners-up after a stellar season messi and sergio ramos bid farewell to the parisians and a two-to-one loss to claremont foot is his name yep it's a really... that's, that's a team's name claremont foot Messi is coming to America like Prince Akeem in 1988, but under completely different circumstances. Messi is joining into Miami, but more on that later when we discuss transfers. Uh, yeah, Prince Akeem, if you don't know, is from the movie Coming to America with Eddie Murphy. Um, he came to America based on trying to escape an arranged marriage, which is completely different from Messi's situation. Um, but yeah, <laughs> your pronunciation of French words is not on point. Um, Ligue 1. Aussie Lanz, um, Les Parisiens. Well, I literally was the only person allowed in my eighth grade class to drop out of French. Why? And not see the requirement because I was just so bad at it. Like, Number dyslexia? Yeah. Yeah. Turns out it affects languages as well. I mean, maybe I'm just, that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. That, that's going to be like your conclusion after everything. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> that's not me. Um, in the Serie A in Italy, Napoli won their third Scudetto to conclude an amazing season by the Neapolitans. Uh, they finished the season with a healthy 90-point tally, massive 16-point gap from second place Lazio. Lazio, Milan, Inter qualified for the Champions League and Roma and Atalanta to the Europa League. Juventus is going to go to the Conference League and Inter uh, won the Coppa Italia against Fiorentina. It's been a really good season in, in in Italy in terms of having a new title winner for the past three four seasons. It's been four different title winners. Juventus, then it was Inter, then AC Milan, and now um, Napoli. But yeah, now that we finished with the top five leagues, let's get to the finals, which happened really recently. So um, in the U20 World Cup final, Uruguay beat Italy 1-0. It was a very... Very good tournament played in Argentina. Um, Germany beat France in penalties to win the U17 Euros. I watched that live. The German goalkeeper played a great game. Um, West Ham beat Fiorentina in the UEFA uh, European Conference League, thanks to a late goal by Jared Bowen. Roma lost to Sevilla in penalties. Um, Sevilla won their seventh Europa, uh, Europa League, which is a record. Um, and finally, champ, uh, the Champions League final uh, saw Manchester City lift their first ever uh, Champions League, as we said before. Um, it was thanks to a goal by Rodri. Uh, this is the fourth uh, consecutive UCL final that ends in a 1-0. And this completed Man City's treble, which is Pep Guardiola's second as a, um, as a manager and the second English team to ever win the treble after 1999's Manchester United. Hey, what's a 1-0? 
one nil, one zero, one zero win. That's how they just say it in oh. in, in Britain. Oh, ew, I'm not gonna say it then. <laughs> um, in transfer news, Lionel Messi rejected a one billion dollar over two year offer from Saudi Arabian side. Uh, and he opted to come to Miami to join David Beckham's franchise, Inter Miami. Two billion dollars. One billion over two years, so it's like half a billion each year. Okay. Um. So Messi's contract is quite interesting. The whole league came together to try to make this happen because Messi just brings so much money and and viewership to the MLS. Um, which includes a percentage of the revenue from Apple subscriptions to the MLS to stream the MLS, and then a percentage of T-shirts uh, sales revenue paid directly by Adidas to Messi, and the opportunity to purchase an MLS franchise in the future. And mm -hmm. then Benzema and Angolo Kante uh, joined Saudi Arabian side Al Ittihad, uh, which shocked football because... It just was so out of nowhere that Benzema decided to leave this year, not next year. Because, well, it was visible that he was going to leave next year. His contract was coming to an end age. But it was just shocking that it was this year. Hmm, MLS sounds very eerily similar to another club we know. MSL? Yeah. A club that we owe so much to. <laughs> okay. All right. What's next? Roland Garros. Oh, Roland Garros. The Roland Garros culminated in Novak Djokovic. Wow, I just said that right. Winning his record-breaking third Grand Slam. That sounds like... Uh, 23rd, 23rd. I, 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 my mistake, 23rd. 23rd? How many... Okay, see, it's somewhere like, how many Grand Slams can you get before it's just, like, boring? I mean... Well, this is a record, like, it was... He was right. tied with Nadal. It used to be 22 each. Now it's 23rd. He surpasses. And Nadal was one of the first, first like people to congratulate him, which is very fair play from him. Well, okay. In the women's tournament, I guess it's still kind of impressive. But in the women's tournament, Polish tennis star Iga Swiatek, Swiatek. Swiatek beat Muchova to win her fourth. Did he mean 24th? No, no, no just fourth. She's young. Grand Slam. 22-year-old, ooh, it's currently ranked number one in the world rankings, wow. Yeah, she's she's born in 01, I'm born in 02, you're born in, you're born in 03. It's, it's such a small age gap, like, between Iga and, and me, yeah, she's winning stuff. Yeah, it kind of hits close to home. Yeah. But it's all context, she was probably born and bred to do that she probably has no life other than that so let's let's keep things into perspective here who's yeah. the real having a life is, is so much better than winning millions and winning tournaments yeah we're the real winners right <laughs> um in the nba you know who's not the real winners the miami heat because um the denver nuggets beat the heat in five games um oh i said the heat would win oh yeah um yeah, I'm not that sad because it's not soccer, but I'm still kind of sad because it's Miami. And um, so many so many cool people live in Miami. Um, Pitbull. Yeah. Now Messi's going to live in Miami. Um, Shakira. And me. Yeah, you're, you're definitely up there. Um, but yeah, uh, the Nuggets win their first ever NBA championship. Nikola Jokic, a.k.a. the Joker, and Jamal Murray. Uh, were just too good for the Heat. They had an amazing partnership in the game. And um, the Heat, who were the underdogs, uh, they were the eighth seed. They were facing the number one seed in uh, the Denver Nuggets. And uh, Nikola Jokic won MVP award. And that was completely deserved. Um, but what was even more amazing was that Jokic Right when the game ended, he went up to every Miami Heat player and to to say, like, good game and talk to them before joining his teammates in celebrations. So that's a sign of a great person, not just a great player. And it's something that's always great to see. In Formula One, not surprisingly, Max Verstappen won the 2023 Spanish Grand Prix. 
Uh, that's his third race in a row that he wins. And Lewis Hamilton got second. George Russell got third. And in Le Mans, in the 24 hours of Le Mans, um, unlike their F1 counterpart, Ferrari won. Um, that's their first um, win at Le Mans since 1965. Wow. Yep. So if you watch the movie Ford versus Ferrari, the year before uh, that race with Ken Miles was the last time Ferrari won Le Mans, which is one of the most amazing sporting events. It's 24 hours of straight racing in a track. Um, there's three drivers per car. Oh. So they rotate drivers when they change tires and refuel. Um, no driver, no individual driver can drive for more than 14 hours himself in that 24 hours. So it takes a whole team to be really good at it. It's a really, really interesting event because you rarely see something like it. In terms of endurance racing, that's like endurance racing, 24 hours of Daytona, 24 hours of Le Mans. It's, it's something worth following because it, it's just so weird that they actually, actually like race. Also, if we want to like sit in a stadium and watch that, like, you know what I mean? You don't go to the whole thing most of the time. Like, I don't know if people, if, if some people go to the whole thing. Yeah. But most people go for periods, especially the most famous period is the ending. Um, the last couple of laps, that's where a lot of people tune in on like streaming platforms just to see the ending, who wins. And obviously the most interesting part, if I had to go, I would go to the beginning just to see the race start. Um, unlike Formula One, the drivers don't start in the car. They start like outside the car, standing, and then they have to run, get in the car, and then drive away. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, um, now is going to tell us about her area of expertise. Yes, I'm very, very expert level knowledge in the PGA and Live Golf merge. Um, this was kind of confusing. They brought politics into this, as they do in sports, because sports is often just a catalyst for political events. And it's it all is, like a platform, and it is all the government. It's all part of the matrix, right? It is, it is. So don't quit your day job, basically. Um, basically, PGA is the most popular tour. Live just started in 2022 by this, like, Saudi Arabian um, investment. Investment, yes. And they're merging and that's just confusing because PGA is like, you know, all time reigning, like historical, um, you know, golf tour that everyone tunes into. Nobody knows live golf. Like it's just weird. And, um, basically it, people are thinking, oh, it's just for the money because Saudi Arabia has massive cash. And some say it'll be the best thing to happen to golf. Others are like, this is literally just sport washing. Like it's, it's trying to, distract people from Saudi Arabia's political and you know all the bad things are kind of doing to their people over there um and so fans are upset because of this and a lot of players that a PGA doesn't want like the fans of PGA don't want are going to come back and live golf so it's just like okay PGA what do you care about more your fans loyalty or the money, the two billion, whatever that salary they can give you. So it's like, yeah, it's it's a huge, huge event. It's probably the biggest news coming out of sport in the past couple of months, just because of the implications of it. So some players who were playing for the PGA signed contracts with Live Golf. They were no longer qualified to play for PGA. They were earning hundreds of millions on these contracts. And now they're going to be able to keep those contracts and play in PGA events. So they get the best of both worlds, which a lot of people are, are angry at. A lot of players who were solely playing for the PGA are angry at the players who left for live golf. Um, it's really, really controversial. There are advocacy groups um, in, in the U.S. that are saying this is completely unethical. Mm. But it's about the money. So. About the money. Um, what can I say? Sport is amazing, but it's also business. And 
if there's an, an opportunity to generate more money, it's probably going to be taken by executives. Um, and as you can see, like Saudi Arabia has been investing in sports like crazy. They're investing in soccer a lot right now. Um, and now they're going to be, they already have a, a Formula One Grand Prix in Jeddah. And now they're trying to get the golf events. But also um, the hypocrisy of, of the things. A lot of the people that uh, left PGA for Live Golf said they were not doing it for the money. They were doing it to spend more time with their families, less uh, tournaments. And now they're going to be playing both. Hmm. Wow. How the turntables. How the, yes. How the turntable. Look, done deal. Done deal. Referencing the office, I had to show it off. Yes. Um, this is where management comes in. You know what? I should have start drinking like coffee during the podcast using my uh number best manager, uh best boss, world's best boss, my mug that I got awarded by my um employees. Employees, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm totally running a business. Um yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm a renaissance man. What can I say? I'm a LinkedIn shaman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm boss baby. Oh you yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, anyway. So now that um, you know, we've been inspiring you with our presence to this podcast, but now we're going to talk about the most inspiring sports moments in history, and uh, like just to plug it in there, y'all should go watch Rocky, the whole franchise. Still haven't watched it. It's so inspiring. It is the most inspiring thing uh, since uh, since that speech from well. Actually, no, that happened later. But like, like I would say the speech from Maragorn in Lord of the Rings, uh, the speech from Braveheart, um, Mel Gibson was great in that speech. Uh, what else? Um, Forrest Gump is quite inspiring. Um, but also Rocky. You should watch Rocky. Okay. Uh, so now that we, we're, we're getting to the meat of the burger, and so <laughs> <laughs> we're getting to the main dish. We started with the primo, uh, with the appetizer. Now, <laughs> what? Southwest has been really hitting me hard. No, we started with the appetizer. Then we we proceeded to the primo piatti, primo piatto, uh, the first plate, and then that's kind of like the pasta. And now we're going to the main, the main dish. We're eating, um, like a good uh, cotoletta. We're gonna eat a good uh, steak. Oh, a bistecca. Look at my, my Italian words, plugging them in everywhere I can. Um, so <laughs> I wonder what that could be. I'm I'm very I'm very very Italian, as you can tell about my Bayern Munich shirt, a German team. Um, yeah. So the main portion of this episode is in honor of Ted Lasso, the most inspiring show in history. <laughs> so coming to an end, it came to an end. Um, it was a great end. Uh, we have compiled the list of the ten most inspiring moments in sports history according to us um so we want to show that these like fairy tale-esque moments these cinderella stories do happen in real life and um that the power of belief can really take you somewhere not only believe in yourself believe in others around you and um employ what you learn and like from these people that we're going to mention these moments in your life so um Sports has the power to change lives. It inspires millions. Like, look at us. We've been changed by sports in a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, belief is important. A lot of people grow up without anyone to believe in, in them. And that's something that really places a disadvantage. Um, thankfully, I was like, I always had people in my life that believe in me and that I, I believe in myself. Um, I believe in Amalia Wampa for president. <laughs> Since I cannot run for president, given that I was not born in this country, Amalia will oh. run for president and I'm going to just advise her and what she has to do. first lady. <laughs> no, um, you're going to run for president. I can't. I can't. You're going to run. I need, I need people in, in, in powerful positions in my network on LinkedIn. So I need you to run for president. At some right. point. Okay. Uh, 
what else did, did I said lasso also taught me to be curious, not judgmental. Um, and it's really not about the wins and the losses. It's about being the best version of each one of us you work with we, and trying to help others be the best version of themselves. Wow, um, this really affected you. <laughs> oh, yeah, it did. It did. Um, it affected you as much as Chimp Empire. Oh, Chimp Empire is amazing. Um, <laughs> I got to plug it in everywhere I can. Chimp Empire is amazing. I was, I, I came across uh, Chimp Empire through the Joe Rogan experience. I was listening to some podcasts at the gym and then he's like talking to this guy who filmed Chimp Empire over the course of a year in Uganda and it follows the power dynamics of chimp tribes and how similar it's amazing how similar chimps are to us yeah so watch that watch that lasso and lastly be a goldfish um or you could be a bigger fish in a college dorm no goldfish uh, it has this like really short memory well most fish do but it's about letting letting go and moving on that's one of the biggest lessons i learned from ted lasso about um sometimes you know it's fine to grieve it's fine to be to feel sad sometimes but you cannot stay stuck in that moment you gotta probably feel sad because it's important to have people around you but then after that you gotta move on and be a goldfish so um, there are certain people I won't that <laughs> more but without further ado um, let's get to our rankings which only embody the opinion of us two that are objectively statements of fact because we are the supreme rulers of sports podcasts and we know everything yeah and we and we know what we don't know so technically we do know it um, God <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm LinkedIn God, that's for sure. Shaman. No, like, uh, honestly, I'm going to plug in the LinkedIn piece of advice. Change your profile to creator mode. It's going to give you insights of how many people you reach per post. Oh, man. So, okay. <laughs> uh, moving on from that, number 10. Oh, no, actually, no. I'm going to start with an honorable mention. So, 11th, we said top 10. We're going to honorable mention. And... So in the 2001 Champions League final, Bayern Munich beat Valencia Club de Football on penalties thanks to a man of the match performance by Der Titan, uh, Oliver Kahn. He stopped three penalties. And uh, this was two years after Bayern painfully uh, lost to Manchester United in 1999. So it was a huge monument for Bayern Munich. It was a huge redemption arc. but. there's nothing more than Oliver Kahn, who's considered one of the greatest goalkeepers in history. Um, there's nothing that he wanted more than a Champions League trophy with Bayern Munich. But rather than celebrating as soon as he stopped the penalty and, um, you know, celebrating in front of the opponent, celebrating in front of the fans, he proceeded to console the opposition keeper, Santiago Cañizares, who was devastated on the floor, like crying. And he went to talk to him and... Oliver Kahn has always been a fiery figure. He was always short-tempered, um, very, very aggressive, very strong. And he did not seem like a guy with a lot of empathy for like the opponent, but he just walked towards his, his opponent and consoled him and stayed talking to him before celebrating. And it just shows you that, you know, it's more about being a good person that despite being opponents on the field, we're all people and we should always consider the opponent a person before uh, a rival. Yeah, I'll do that except for the one girl that changed the course of my life by beating me half a point for a competition she wasn't supposed to go to. But yes, she's a yeah, person. That's just, that's just different. <laughs> that's that's, 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 that's different. Of my sport experiences, no. Yeah, that's... that's flies in my... Yeah, and she never apologized, so. Yeah. Number 10, Brett... Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Sorry. Brett Favre yep. rose for 399 yards the day after his dad dies. Oh, my gosh. Uh, in 2003, Brett Favre passed for 399 yards and four touchdowns the day after his father's death. Wow, isn't that a lot? Moving into second place in NFL history for career... TD. What's TD? Touchdown passes. Touchdown passes. 
while losing the Green Bay Packers to 41-7 victory over the Oakland Raiders on Monday night. He was mourning that he decided to stay with his team in a crucial moment. Wow. That's so, really- yeah, it was – I think it, what's inspiring about that moment as we, like, analyze each one of these moments, it's a, a determination of – and a stoicism in terms of, like, separating the emotional aspect of it you know, being yeah. really sad about it and then playing through it because it helps the team. And ma- many times, like I imagine his position, he probably saw it as like, if I, you know, go home and I just mourn, it's not going to bring my father back. But now I have an opportunity to help my team and, and you owe something to your teammates, a certain responsibility. Yeah. So it's quite inspiring that he put up one of the best performances in his career while he was going through so much emotionally. Yeah, sometimes you mourn more like a while after it's done than immediately. So, yeah, it's, that's really... It's probably that moment in which, like a time period in which it's hard to real actually realize the implications of what just happened. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Maybe it's best if that happened just the day before instead of a few days before or vice versa. Yeah, and I I do I do feel it's it's quite an inspiring story in terms of having um you know a lot of people lose loved ones and many times they have a lot on their on their plate and I think sometimes it's good to know these stories about people who worked through that pain and still performed just and maybe honored their he's, he probably honored his dad his dad's memory through that performance which is. A great act of conviction. Right. Um, and what's number nine, Amalia? Number nine is Michael Oher is drafted in the first round. Few things are as inspiring as success stories of people who battled against all odds. So one of these stories is Michael Oher, who was a former American football offensive tackle who played in the National Football League for eight seasons, primarily with the Baltimore Ravens. Oher was one of 12 children. Wow, that's... I'm watching the Duggar family documentary right now, and that's very. <laughs> Are you um, gonna give a, give a shout out to who recommended it to you? Grace Grace Coder, yes, yeah. she does everything. Um, twelve children, and two of which had a mother who suffered from cocaine addiction, a father who was frequently in and out of prison. Um, O'Hara struggled academically and was placed in foster homes. Wow, and he was homeless for a certain period of time. Um, oh my god, it just gets worse. Like this man in a past life, he must have been like his father was murdered in prison while Oer was in high school and he began playing football in freshman year of high school and then in 2004, Lee Ann and Sean Tuoy, a couple with a daughter and son attending Briarcrest School, allowed Oer to live with them and eventually adopted him. The family began tending to his needs after becoming familiar with his difficult childhood. Hanley hired a tutor for him who worked with him for twenty hours per week. Wow. Initially, he was disqualified from participating in the NCAA because of his 0.76 GPA. But in his senior year, he raised his 2.52, and he attended college where he played football, and he then became a first draft pick for the Baltimore Ravens, and he signed a five-year contract worth $13.8 million. This proves that kind actions um, for family, like the ones that took him in, can really change someone's life. And... uh, and so many other lives by how he was able to inspire people with his story. Um, basically, he's just an example of a chain breaker. And additionally, it shows the importance of having those people in in your life that can have that sort of outcome for you. So, yeah, I I, I think it's an inspiring story. There's a movie with Sandra Bullock about it. Oh, it, it's it's amazing when somebody that has all the odds against them to succeed yeah. and somehow they just managed to succeed and because success for somebody in that situation could be you know what actually having a stable life but he went on to succeed in football he's a legend for the Ravens he overperformed so much in terms of what people expected from him and him getting drafted first pick is an amazing moment live on tv a guy that whose story like you heard like Amali just talked about it it's one of the most tragic like backstories it's basically like a super villain backstory yeah literally and yeah he's kind of like batman he decided to like 
turn everything into uh, this whole opportunity in terms of like he was he was faced with so much adversity and he did not um go on the easy way out he did not pursue a, a bad path he was not like you know what this is too much for me to change um and give up he never did that so it's quite inspiring and it really just i'm not a person that recommends comparing but whenever you feel like you can't do something remember that there are people who were in worse positions that you that achieved so much and use that as inspiration and motivation to challenge yourself to be better. It's very, it's a very philosophical episode. Not gonna lie. Just don't guilt trip yourself. Be like, oh, I should like. Don't you have factors in your own life too that can affect uh, what's yeah. happening? And and also try not to victimize yourself. I always preach for that. Victimizing yourself is not gonna take you anywhere. You can like sometimes um the obstacle like you 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 see an obstacle and you're like you know what i'm not even going to try to go through it but sometimes the obstacle is the way and it's uh, important to know that these obstacles in life are there and that if you overcome those obstacles you're going to be better prepared for the next one and that's what life is about it's about falling and picking yourself back up that's that's the meaning of life it's about challenging yourself and improving <laughs> We discovered it right here. The meaning of life, guys. Who would have thought? MSL podcast teaching you yeah. the life lessons. For real. We're, ah, we're we're basically Mr. Miyagi to all of you right now. Mm. Um, <laughs> number eight. I actually watched this uh, on TV. Both these moments, like the whole arc of Christian Eriksen. So Christian Eriksen coming back after collapsing on the field in the 2020. Euros, which took place in 2021 due to the pandemic delay. Um, Denmark were seen as the underdogs, uh, the dark horses of the tournament. And their best player, Christian Eriksen, collapsed during Denmark's group stage game against Finland. I was at the gym when this happened. I was look, watching the game from the gym as I did cardio. And I was I was shocked. I didn't, I didn't finish my cardio workout. I was shocked. I was. <laughs> well, that's the first from our here. I, I felt so, it's so weird watching somebody potentially die in front of you, like in the field. Yeah. And his teammate, uh, uh, Simon Kier, he uh, gave him like CPR and he um, formed a barrier with all the teammates. They were in tears. They, they formed a barrier around Ericsson. So people like the, the whole cameras would not see him and the floor potentially die. And his doctors assisted him. And he left the field and um, he was carried by, by medics out of the field. And then he gave a thumbs up on his way out of the stadium on the bed. And six months later, um, he returned to football. He played for English side Brentford FC. And he played so well um, that he signed for Manchester United. It's an unbelievable comeback. Um, and it's an inspiration for athletes. What actually happened to him? Hmm? Like what was like his illness or like heart attack? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that that can that's fifty percent chance like fatal. Yeah. Um, number seven. Could you imagine giving up contention for achieving the greatest honor in your sport to save the lives of your competitors? Hmm. Hopefully, the answer to that is yes. <laughs> um. So. Real life example, in the 1988 Seoul Olympic Games, Canadian sailor Larry Lamo, a serious shot at winning gold in sailing, given that he was in second place in really bad weather conditions, um, battled blowing winds at 35 knots, and the boat of the Singaporean team capsized, with the two sailors getting injured in the wreck. When he saw the shipwreck, Lamo opted to rescue the Singaporean sailors and waited until rescue boat arrived picked him up from his own boat he finished the race in 22nd place but saved two lives in the process and that's worth um more than any medal or sporting honor first of all i didn't know that sailing was in the olympics um second of all i mean yeah like like, like what your instincts are gonna like make you save someone like you know you're not gonna it really shows what you actually care about if you pick um the medal over two lives like it's just 
morals at that point. Yeah, I I read this quote and it and it was like sport is the most important things. It's the most important thing among the non important things. Yeah. So, um, life, others, like <laughs> all of these things are much more important than sport, and it's great to prioritize and keep in mind that. You know, sport is secondary to any to any person's livelihood. Yeah. Number six, uh, Derek Redmond finishes for hundred meter race along with his father. So this, like, if if you follow the history of the Olympics, this is one of the moments that's etched in your memory. So few bonds are really as strong as those between a parent and child, and nothing is as heartbreaking as a parent, well, for a parent to see a child suffering. Uh, so in the 1992 Olympic Games in Barcelona, British runner Derek Redmond uh, was competing in the semifinals for the 400-meter races, and he suffered a hamstring injury. Um, that ruined his race, and Redmond was still determined to cross the finish line, and he was in pain. He was limping. He was in tears, toward, and he was limping towards the finish line. And suddenly his father, uh, Jim Redmond, leaped onto the track, and despite like security trying to stop him, he went to his son and then helped him uh, cross the finish line. Like as he was limping, he consoled his son and it produced one of the most iconic moments in Olympic history. And it importance the, like it emphasizes and it embodies the importance of uh, family, as Vin Diesel would say in every Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. They may say it's the most important thing, but it's always different for each person. For number five, we have the Premier League's Cinderella story. Wow, this is going to be romantic. Leicester City winning the Premier League in 2016. In the previous season, am I saying that's right? Leicester City? Leicester. Leicester City, in a relatively small club in England, finished in 14th place, only surviving by six points. So not even the most positive fan expected what would happen next year. Leicester City won the Premier League in 2016 on a shoestring budget and a team built on hard work, smart scouting, and recruitment, and belief. So this is like Ted Lasso IRL. Yeah, basically. Nothing embodies the story of the fictional AFC Richmond. Like, wait, is that from Ted Lasso? Yeah. What the heck? So I, I basically, ah, such a fan. Um, like Leicester City FC and Le- Leicester has served as inspiration for teams and players all around the world from their humble humble beginnings um did ted lasso actually like get inspired by them or is that just it, it, it like ted lasso is one is is such an interesting thing it's actually inspired by jason sudeikis's skit for a couple of ads that he made for nbc sports about oh. the premier league so it started as a skit about like a like a comedy bit about a uh, american football coach going to the premier league and coaching a soccer team and uh his wife back then who cheated on him with Harry Styles um yeah there's so much to see around it but um she told him like you should actually like go through with it and make it a tv show and he did and instead of going along with it and be like okay I'm gonna milk milk this cow as much as I can he ended it in the third season because it was the organic arc he did not like he did not prioritize making more money out of Ted Lasso Right. over the quality of the show and few shows have been as as feel good as Ted Lasso it does really hit at really mature topics in terms of um mental health um the whole concept of um arrogance parenthood all the like daddy issues that are in those shows like mommy and daddy issues they're all over the show and they just show how they impact the people in people you know, everybody's is like it's hard to really uh, see somebody as a bad person once you know their backstory. So that's one of the biggest takeaways that you get from the show. And so, watch Ted Lasso to everyone that hasn't watched it. It's on Apple TV Plus. Thank you Ooh, for sponsoring this video. Sponsor, yeah, sponsor by Ted Lasso. Um, and number four, it's also related to a movie. Uh, it's mostly historically accurate. It's called Ford versus Ferrari. So in number four, uh, we have Ford winning the 1966 Le Mans 
uh, within three years of the birth of the project. So I did a lot of research into this. Um, it, it was so like a relevant, so much like a, a relevant topic with Le Mans just happening this past weekend. Um, so Ford in the 1960s, uh, Ferrari was uh, in financial problems. So founder and owner Enzo Ferrari was uh, looking to sell the company and initially agreed to sell the company to Ford who was under the uh, ownership of Henry Ford uh, II. But disagreements over the terms of the contract resulted in Enzo Ferrari telling his lawyer, let's go get lunch. And they left the meeting room. And then they went to eat their very Italian lunch in Maranello in Italy, and uh, then probably had their own siesta a couple, <laughs> couple of hours. Um, but yeah. So Henry Ford responded by ordering his team right there and then to build him a car that could beat Ferrari at the 24 hours of Le Mans, which seemed impossible. It was 10 months away. Le Mans was 10 months away. This was the year 1964. And um, it's quite a demanding task because you're asking for a car that can race at over 200 miles per hour and last 24 hours in a, you know, of constant racing and rates were over 3,000 miles yeah. and each year's 9,000 times. So that's, that's so much work. That's such a big task. And worst of all, you know, 10 months. So um, in the next 10 months, uh, Ford developed the Ford GT40. Uh, and after various setbacks, Ford took three cars, three GTs to the 1964 Le Mans, where all three cars failed. Um, uh, all three cars went out of the race and then in 1965 Ferrari beat Ford um, another setback but it took the genius of Carroll Shelby and a driver like Ken Miles and uh, McLaren all these guys that Bruce McLaren who um, helped Ford achieve this fairy tale story in terms of it, it embodies the American dream so much um, working through and you know outworking your opponent working smartly and then in 1966 Ford uh, with uh, Bruce McLaren and Chris Amon in car number one and Ken Miles and uh, Danny Poom in car number two uh, finished one two in the race they won uh, Ford won the first two places and uh, Ferrari did not win Le Mans since then until this year in 2023 um, so this effort by show, by Ford shows the power of determination, hard work, perseverance, putting the right people together. Those are all leadership skills that are really important in the business world and in real life. Um, and in a way, as I said before, this embodies the American dream, but not as much as in. Number three, Rocky Balboa beats Apollo Creed in Superfight 2. I've never seen Rocky, never seen any of these things. It's, it's an amazing documentary. Okay. What did I say? Yes. Rocky Balboa, the Italian stallion, took inspirational sport moments to the next level when he overcame the odds to knock out Apollo Creed, the greatest boxer at the time, in Super Fight 2 in the year 1976. Not only did Rocky last 15 rounds, out of how many? Yeah, 15 out of 15. Oh. <laughs> but he completely knocked out his rival, proving that it ain't about how hard you hit, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. So, I should do some self basic self defense classes at this point. You, you, you got your pepper spray. I don't, though. I don't have one. I'm going to give you pepper spray for, for your birthday. I've tried to order. You can't ship it. it won't no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you pepper spray for your birthday. That's that's one of, that's probably going to be the gift. Most useful gift. We're going to like accidentally use it one time. Number two. We're getting uh, almost number one. But number two, Greece wins the 2004 European Championship, the Euros. So Greece had never won a game at a major tournament. Um, Greece barely made it out of the group stage, and they played this defensive style of football that a lot of people did not like. And they win. They won games like 1-0, 2-1, and they beat the likes of st a star-studded France team, Thierry Henry, uh, Frank Ribéry, um, Patrick Vieira, all these players legends of the game playing for France and this small team uh, called Greece who out of nowhere just came in and, and beat them 
and then Pavel Nedved's Czechia. Um, Pavel Nedved was ended up uh, winning the Ballon d'Or, I think that year or the year after. So it just shows you that he was at the top of his game. And then they went on to face host Portugal, who had the go Cristiano Ronaldo in their lineup, um, and they beat them. They beat Portugal. They beat the hosts in front of their own fans, and they achieved the second greatest honor possible in international football, winning the Euros. So even when the odds are stacked against you, there is a chance. If you're in the game, there is a chance. And that's something that you got to remember in life too. If you're, if you're alive, you got a chance. you got a fighting chance. And you got to make the most out of it. And sometimes you might fail. You might not win. But it's not really about the wins and losses, tying it back to that lasso. It's about being the best version of yourself, challenging yourself in those moments. So that's a takeaway that I get from that one. Well, number one, we're at the number one, guys. Jackie Robinson breaks the baseball color barrier. This is definitely deserving of number one. Um, if you guys don't know, in the segregationist America, in the early 1900s, the major leagues did not allow people of color to play in them at all. Black players were forced to play in their own leagues in the early 20th century, and these leagues were full of talent if the players were not allowed the opportunity to play in the major leagues, and they obviously weren't given like much money for it. The discrimination was like a color barrier which was resistant to change for decades until the mid-1940s when Branch Rickey, president and GM of the Brooklyn Dodgers, decided to try to sign on a black pitcher named Jackie Robinson. Robinson began playing for the Dodgers farm team, the Montreal Royals, Royals, where he was named the league's MVP. With just days to go before 1947 season, to kick off, Robinson signed a contract with the Brooklyn Dodgers, which integrated him into Major League Baseball, and he broke the color barrier. This was one of the defining moments in sport history, and it wasn't that long ago either. Um, Jackie Robinson was a pioneer for the people of color in major leagues, and he went on to have a Hall of Fame career, starting with a Rookie of the Year in his debut season. Um, his defined stand-up for himself and just, I don't know. I mean, I can imagine like being the first in something is, is probably one of the hardest things to ever kind of get through. Especially when it's like, I mean, it's it's a physical game, like a physical barrier too, but also just a societal, being the first in society is like much harder than any physical feat that you could do. Um, and he so, was getting so much hate. Like he was getting a lot of hate. He was getting discriminated even by his own teammates. Um, they treated him bad. So uh, that's something really meaningful that he achieved and that he kept fighting for. He became a spokesperson for it. Yeah. Yeah, so number one, Jack Robinson. Yeah, inspiration for every single person and not just sports fans. It accepted society as a, like affected society as a whole too. So it's great that we placed it at number one. It was very deserved. So mm -hmm. now that we're done with the rankings, um, we just want to say thank you for sticking with us. We've not been as active with the podcast recently. We went through like finals at college. We moved back home and we started internships and we've been reaching out to guests to scheduled throughout the summer so keep an eye out for that we are you know bring you people that are really big like organizations um definitely uh if you know someone that could be a good guest or that's involved in the sport industry um i don't reach out to us because we would be more than happy to host people who are who want to who want to be on podcasts too so it's not only about us reaching out, we would love to be reached out to as well. Um, and now that we finished this section, we just, you know, want to tell you what's going to be going on with our lives a little bit through these days, especially Molly. Where are you going? Go to Spain. It is my uncle. And Andres. Andres, yes. Um, two days with uh, loved ones and yeah definitely needed because i've been so busy lately um but yeah that's for eight days and then i'm back back to business unfortunately we'll be able to climb well climb maybe but it's a family trip and i don't want to force my my loved ones up a cliff they don't want to go to so makes yeah. sense in my life what about you marco 
me, I'm going to be working on those internships. And uh, what else? Hope I I want to go to the beach this weekend, actually. <laughs> Make the most out of Florida. Going to the gym, obviously, every day. Because yes. it's part of life. What's, what's life without the gym for me? Yeah, honestly, I don't know what you do. Keeps me. It's, a, it's like one of my personality traits. When I was made in this matrix, when they coded me, I was like, they was like, okay, let's make him like, they they had those like the TikTok trends with the water glasses, and then they just put all the all the water on the gym one, <laughs> and they forgot like talent. <laughs> <laughs> they, there was no water left for talent. No, that's not true. But well, thank you guys and uh, yeah. like, subscribe, share. And see you around. Muchas gracias, afición. Este para vosotros.